0: Welcome to episode 46 of the Dan Speak podcast with Dr. Patrick Bennett. This episode is special in that I am bringing in a health professional and getting a bunch of advice tips, and the real science behind ways to take care of our bodies, which I hope you understand as dancers, choreographers, teachers, it is vital. Without our bodies, without our health, we don't really have anything. We can't do what we love to do. And if you are not any of the above, as humans on this planet, our bodies are our vessels, right? So we go into so many different topics. I interview him in his office, so you might hear a little bit of background noise. We do speak pretty fast because there was just so much information, and what I love about this episode is that it's not only, you know, opinion or just fact. It's completely substantiated, and you're going to start hearing some science behind it in a way that I find very uh, palpable, very easy to understand. Some of the topics that we go over are ice versus heat. I get asked all the time, should I apply ice? Should I apply heat? There's this idea that we should have both. What chiropractors really do, there's a lot of back and forth about like whether to go or not, and oh, you know, I've heard if you go one time, you have to go a bunch of times. I remember being hesitant before I started going and experiencing the benefits. We talk about nutrition, how to take care of yourself if you feel an injury coming on, what it really means to relax the ideal schedule for a dancer between training and resting, the science behind chiropractic, what it is and what it means when you, um, we call it like cracking your body, what that actually is, and whether it's good for you or not. Dr. Bennett's experience with adjusting dancers, how adjustments can even affect mood, and the perfect storm, as we call it, to make sure that your body fights getting sick, or not feeling well so please listen to this one intently and I recommend taking notes listening to it even twice you are going to have such a better understanding of your body and self-care after it and we always appreciate reviews or send us an email dance speak podcast at gmail.com I want to hear what you think and who you want to hear from enjoy Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created DanceSpeak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. Welcome to Dance Speak.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I'm really excited to have you. The way that we know each other is through Randy Amato, who also did the intro music nice. for the episodes. And I've been going to you over a year.
1: Over a year, yes.
0: Um, I didn't, to be transparent, I never really thought I'd consistently go to a chiropractor because I always thought it's like if you're severely injured or there's sometimes, you know, different things like should you, shouldn't you. And <laughs> I came into the office and I started getting adjustments, you took an x-ray, you're like, okay, this could be better. I will never forget you saying that I was only getting 50% of oxygen mm-hmm. to my my body. To your entire body, correct. Which I could feel all the time, but didn't even pinpoint as like something's wrong. I just thought I was always out of shape.
1: Sure, sure. Even
0: though I'm in shape. That's what most
1: people think, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, I've, I've just had more energy than I've ever had. Um, my body feels better. Uh, my cramps during my lady time of month are so much lighter, and I'm always hesitant to share my age because of this silly industry, but I'm going to be 30. You're younger than ever. <laughs> I'm going to be 30 at the end of the year, and my doctor says I have the spine of a teenager, and I feel amazing, and I feel better than I have my whole life. So anyway, so I wanted to get you on the show. Awesome.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's your background in the health field? How did you start?
1: Well... I've always been an athlete, and whether you're talking about a dancer, a professional football player, a boxer, or a baseball player, you're all athletes, okay, mm-hmm. and elite athletes at that. Um, I have an athletic background as well. I played baseball in college um, for UC Santa Barbara and UCLA back in the heyday. I was a pitcher, and um, back then, uh, I had, had a history of back problems to begin with, and that probably started in high school from you know long long you know summer jobs of digging ditches for eight or ten hours a day and just hard hard labor you know in tightening in jobs in the in, for the most part but um when I was a sophomore in college that's when I really had a major blowout with my low back I was really incapacitated and wasn't able to practice and was really laid up and I was down on a uh, christmas break from school and my aunt was seeing a chiropractor at the time and she's like you got to go see my guy he'll get you you know back in action you know lickety split and so i saw him probably probably about five adjustments over a course of two weeks while i was down here bounced back immediately as far as out of pain um didn't have to take any medications no surgery you know i was just like wow this is the best i've felt in a long time as far as my low back was concerned I just, not by coincidence, that particular season, I had my best season in baseball ever. I had all conference awards, and I absolutely attributed it to getting my nervous system rebooted, everything aligned, so that I could perform at my absolute best. And at that time, as far as in my schooling, I was actually considered going into sports medicine, also physical therapy, and really knew nothing about chiropractic, but, um, Be it that I was a pitcher, a lot of my fellow pitchers on my team had shoulder, elbow problems, things of that nature. They'd go to the sports medicine doctor, the orthopedist, and the only thing that they provided were shots of cortisone, painkillers, muscle relaxants. Then, you know, they'd be numb. They'd come back the next weekend and pitch, but then they'd tear the heck out of their joint. And guys who really had promising professional careers, they saw those things slip away because of the intervention of medicine in in that you know form for that matter and once I started seeing that and I was and it was the same repeat thing every single player that went to the to the orthopedist or the sports medicine doc I was like oh my god well if this is sports medicine I don't want anything to do with it because what I found was a gem so I called my chiropractor and I was like hey I'll be home for the summer I'd love to intern for you worked for him that summer and it was sold
0: How do you know when to go to a chiropractor versus a different type of doctor? Or should you go to different types of doctors?
1: And that's kind of the misconception as far as the main thing to understand. You know, chiropractic, most people unfortunately think of chiropractic as a therapy or a treatment things of that nature and it absolutely is in regards to when somebody comes in with some type of acute injury but it's important to understand that chiropractic is it's a triune it's it's a science which is obviously the neurology aspect of chiropractic the central nervous system again, the brain and the spinal cord which is controlling every joint every muscle every tissue within your body but then you've got the art of chiropractic which is the actual adjustment itself and there's hundreds of different ways to adjust And not all chiropractors practice the same way, so it's really, truly finding out the right technique for the right person so that they can maximize their performance. Um, And then the most important thing is the philosophy of chiropractic. And that's why we do what we do. The bottom line is you're born with this innate intelligence. There's universal intelligence in all matter. There's this intelligence, you know, so when you give, you know, a seed, you know, sunlight, soil, and water, it's going to grow right towards that light. That's innate intelligence. We as humans all have innate intelligence. We don't, we're not born and we have to learn how to Beat our heart and digest mother's milk and things of that nature. We have this innate capacity to function as well as heal at our absolute best, and it's our nervous system that controls that innate capacity to heal ourselves. So we always want to go back to the nervous system, reboot that so that we can perform at our absolute best. When I got out of chiropractic school, I went. My wife and I went on a chiropractic mission down to Panama. Um, it was about 100 chiropractors that we all flew down, paid our own ways for air food lodging all that stuff it was truly a act of humanitarianism and um we got divided into groups of anywhere from two to eight chiropractors and sent off to different providencias and uh we were there and we adjusted for about a week's time there and we adjusted literally hundreds of thousands of people and that's when i really got the big picture of chiropractic i you know got into chiropractic originally thinking wow this is a you know Awesome profession. I can make a fair living. You know, it's helping people. That was all good. When I was in this mission in chiropractic, that's when I got the big idea. This one uh, baby that was brought to us uh, during the mission, as far as that we adjusted the baby, just a baby, yeah, the baby. Yeah, and this this baby at the time she was probably about eighteen months old. But when I say baby, I say baby because she looked like she was six months old. And the reason for that is. The parents had told us that she was uh, born without one of the lobes in her brain, what's called the parietal lobe. So that controls a lot of muscle tone, okay? So this poor little thing, she looked like she was six months old, even though she was about 18 months old because of she was just so suppressed nutrition-wise and, and, and developmentally-wise. Um uh, but every muscle in her body was like a wet noodle. There was no muscle tone or, or contraction whatsoever. So when she was brought, to, she handed to me, literally, it was like a there was She couldn't even hold her head up. Her head was just flopping all over, you know, which way you moved her. And so, like I said, we were in Panama for a week's time. We adjusted her the first time, told her parents to bring her back the next day. We adjusted her the next day, told her to bring her kid back the next day. By the end of the week, and we started seeing little, even by the second day that we saw her, we actually saw contractions of the muscles in her neck. By the end of one week, she actually was like a regular 18-month-old, meaning that when I would go to actually lay my hands on her neck, she was actually pulling away from me because she had full muscle tone. Mm. That's the power, and I have goosebumps right now just telling that story because that's the power of chiropractic, and most people have no idea what chiropractic is. But when we, we have this radiant energy inside of us, if it's suppressed and there's nerve interference, there's no way physically possible that you can be at your, your best, functioning, recuperation-wise, anything for that matter. Once we turn on those circuits of life through an adjustment, that's when life starts to emanate from the inside out and just as in that baby I mean literally in a week's time we saw her go from this ragdoll of a little individual into wow she actually had muscle tone she, and the sad part was that we were leaving Panama after a week so we referred her to another chiropractor and I never was able to get in contact with her but I guarantee that that little baby you know actually started to develop the way she was meant to and she wasn't discarded you know as a lot of babies with that same condition would have been
0: that's incredible. I'm. Um, I feel like I'm there a little bit right now. Can you speak um a little bit about the nervous system and its functions? I know it's a very that could be like days and days of response. Absolutely.
1: Basic, basic. You know, um, thing with the nervous system. Obviously, is we have what's called the central nervous system, which is your brain and spinal cord. That when you're when egg meets sperm, and you now have what's called a zygote or a, or a fertilized egg, the first thing that actually gets uh, laid down, as far as the groundwork, is what's called the neural tube, which eventually becomes your spinal cord. Mm-hmm. So it's the first system of the body to actually develop right after conception. Essentially, is the nervous system. From there, everything else then, like a tree, starts growing out. All of your organs, your heart, your lungs, etc. But it's the nervous system that is the end-all, be-all. You know, God forbid someone had a spinal cord injury, it's lights out from that cord level down as far as connection and and life force within us. Um, But that nervous system is obviously the key player in our life, in our existence. If we've got 100% nerve flow, we've got 100% life. If we've got any deficiencies in that connection, in that nerve flow, that's going to be a deficiency in our life. And that could be in the form of Not having enough energy, it could be major symptoms, it could be major crisis, it could be dis-ease, it could be organ dysfunction, it could be full blown out, you know, cancer for that matter. Anything that you could imagine symptomatically from head to toe always relates back to the nervous system because every single one of the vertebrae in your spine you can kind of think of it like a light switch or a circuit breaker that's giving life to a different area of your body so for instance if uh, if the upper neck area is out of balance that's gonna have major effects on not only someone potentially having a headache or dizziness but that's gonna have major effects on everything from your cardiovascular output to your lung uh, expansion to your digestion if you're in the upper back region, those nerves are primarily really going to your heart and to your lungs, a little bit further down, all of your digestive organs, further down in the low back, now all of your reproductive organs. So again, depending on what stresses are in our lives, because basically it's any physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Most people only think about the physical stresses, a dance injury, lifting something heavy, things of that nature. That's one small component. We then have chemical stresses, which could be environmental toxins, uh, household cleaners, medications, vaccines unclean drinking water, anything that's not clean air, clean food clean water that's a stress to our ecosystem and that's going to create what are called subluxations and that's basically a nerve interference that 's when the basically the nervous system is going to be shorted out and now there's literally static over the phone lines from the brain trying to communicate with those organs or tissues that will then lead to whether it's vulnerability and then a dance injury or if you're talking about somebody you know developing diabetes for that matter so Um, the gamut is involved
0: and is everyone basically dealing with problems in the upper spine right now because we're staring at so many screens
1: that is a huge problem right now um with all the technology so whether we're talking about laptops or texting on your phone or i mean you go
0: and to the listener sorry our heads protrude when we're looking at a screen i learned this from you dr bennett it makes perfect sense when we're texting when we're reading our head is protruding so
1: absolutely so in our in a normal well-functioning spine you should have a what's called a lordosis or a c-shaped curve to your neck to when you're looking at a a lateral or side shot Because we're on so much technology devices, whether it's laptops or phones, things of that nature, we're constantly having our head literally in our lap or chin to our chest. That straightens and sometimes actually reverses the curve in our neck. And that literally is like a slow strangulation of that nerve flow from the brain to the rest of our body. So the uh, side effects of that type of technology are endless as far as its negative effects on our health and our, our longevity, truly.
0: Very interesting I remember coming in here more than once, just in a horrible mood. Uh, I cried before for no reason. Okay, listeners, for no reason. It happened. And then you'd adjust me. And suddenly I'm not crying. we are like, oh, your hormones are in balance now. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. And for all your listeners, Galit is my crier.
0: <laughs>
1: she has come in. be that I can share this bit. You know, she's yeah. in front of me. Emotionally unsound. Let's say that as far as, and again, that's, that's life. and and the reason for that as I explained to you is that especially our upper neck area our upper cervical area when that's subluxated or out of position that's impinging upon super super vital nerves that are going to what's called our limbic system as well as our pituitary gland when we're talking about hormones it's all about the pituitary gland that's our master gland that's uh, producing everything from our thyroid hormones to our estrogen, progesterone, testosterone you name it Uh, We also have that upper cervical area feeding into what's called the limbic system, which is the emotional portion of your brain. So when you have major stress and interference to that nervous system, now those neurotransmitters in the limbic system get further and further and further out of balance. So when those neurotransmitters are out of balance, our emotions are all over the map. You know, if you literally, if you went to a psychiatrist, they're going to label you with bipolar or, you know, manic depressive, things of that nature of course their answer for everything is let's let's cover it up and give you a medication well that's great short term wise you can numb the brain and not have those extreme highs and lows but you become emotionless and we are human beings we're spiritual beings having this human experience and that is all about emotions and emotions are so crucial to every facet of our life um so when we get rid of that nerve interference with a chiropractic adjustment, it literally, again, best analogy is like a computer. It reboots in everything the in the moment instantaneously. Now those neurotransmitters are back in balance. Now the moods are back into a more stable environment. So you're still feeling things, but you're in a more controlled, manageable you know, situation. And that goes for, that's all about hormones and, and emotional centers of the brain.
0: Great, And I just I'm up to be open about like, any experience that I've had or anything with my body, because I feel like I represent I can't be the only one who deals with that, so if it can help someone else, like you, know, so be it. What are some different ways to adjust? Can you explain that? Because I'm so curious. Or that may be a little kind. bit
1: challenging, okay. be it on an audio <laughs> session, but there, like I said, there's, there's literally over 100 different techniques in chiropractic. Uh, Do you always have
0: to quote unquote crack. I know it's not cracking, but yeah, people yeah. refer to it as that And that's one? that's
1: one thing, and that a lot of people actually come into chiropractic offices with that fear of that you know, popping or cracking mm-hmm. sensation. Uh, and of course, my joke always is you're not going to get any crack here. If you want cracking, <laughs> go to the street corner and get as much crack as you want, but in here you can get a chiropractic adjustment. And what that pop, just so your listeners know what that popping sound is, when any joint in your body, when it's in balance, You have what's called synovial fluid, which is a lubricant like oil that allows that joint to slide and glide nice and smoothly. There's also a surrounding capsule that contains that fluid within that joint. When that joint gets misaligned, again, due to a subluxation, which is caused by any form of stress, when that gets misaligned, that liquid dissipates into a gaseous form. So now it's like a gas bubble, literally, in that joint capsule. So when we make an adjustment and we realign that joint, the gas is released. Again, just a release of pressure, like opening up a bottle of champagne and that popping sound. But once it's reestablished, now that joint can replenish that synovial fluid, so the range of motion is enhanced the fluidity of that joint is moving the way that it should be. Um, Those are what we call kind of mechanical styles of adjusting. There's also things called tonal types of adjustments. We're energy beings. We're nothing but a ball of energy, literally. And so certain techniques that I'll use, which are called tonal techniques, I use these most often on, you know, definitely newborn babies to... An osteoporotic woman who has severely you know weakened bone structure as far as that's concerned and can't take much force whatsoever so we'll use these what are called tonal techniques and again because your body is such an energy filled space it's literally a series of nerve tests to see again where those nerve interferences are occurring and then we simulate those circuits literally especially with a newborn it could be the pressure of what you would use to test an avocado for ripeness it's such a delicate way of going about the nervous system. But again, once you're stimulating the right circuits at the right time with the right amount of energy, you're able to free up that interference in the nervous system. And now you have that nervous system working the way it should be. So if you're talking about a newborn who has colic or ear infections or trouble breastfeeding or whatever the case may be, once you get that nervous system rebooted, boom, they're sleeping through the night, they're digesting their you know, their food better, whatever the case may be. Their life is
0: restored. That's so cool. And then that popping sensation sound is that the same when you get adjusted as when i started dancing over time more and more like if i move my back a certain way it'll feel that release and make that sound is that the same it's the
1: same exact popping or or the same physiological process so even if you're you know in a dance move or in your you're in a yoga session you feel something kind of release or pop it's the same exact thing um the difference is you i'll have a lot of people come in who self-manipulate as Mm -hmm. far as what I call so In athletes are notorious for this dancers and all athletes Mm -hmm. uh, across the board Um, whether they're stretching they're popping their neck, they're doing this and that and it gives them temporary relief I did the same thing when I was in high school and early college before I knew what I was actually doing the problem with that is the way that we self-manipulate ourselves, we're kind of overstretching the ligaments and tendons in a non- uh, congruent physiological pattern. So, we're basically you can think of them all like rubber bands. Mm-hmm. And if we continually stretch them out in these really, you know, odd positions, you know, as far as how we do that to ourselves, we're overstretching those ligaments continually, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Often it's multiple times throughout the day that we find ourselves doing that. And what happens is when you start losing that elasticity within those ligament structures, your, your innate intelligence, your, your your body is so intelligent that it's like, heck, we can't have any loose segments when we're talking about protecting our spinal cord. So your body's response is, hey, we need to solidify things. So it starts laying down excess calcium ions. That's what bone spurs are, if we're talking about in the spine or any joint for that matter. And that's your body's innate way of saying, hey, I'll lose some range of motion by cause, creating some degeneration if it means that we can protect this from a spinal cord injury, that's kind of the payoff. We'll have less function, but we'll still have life. So it's a, an amazing you know, thing, but for an athlete or a dancer, forget about it, as far as that's going to have a major impact on your performance. So that's why you know, when, when people do come into my office and they tell me that they do have a history of doing it, the first thing I say is, you got to give up your crack addiction, because it ain't no good. Wait,
0: so I can't crack my feet anymore?
1: You can stretch things out and things will just open up. Yes. That's one thing, but especially when we're talking about your spine for sure, that's that's when you want to really say no to crack.
0: Okay. But like when I'm in like going to the arch of my foot and my
1: I- That's yeah, Sorry. that's a little bit different because anytime you feel something move or shift when you're in a kind of a stretching mode, that's literally your body adjusting itself yeah. essentially. That's going to be different than I mean, you'll see people, you know, or friends of yours that literally will grab your own your own oh. neck and kind of adversely twist things in a weird, you know, manner, things of that nature, or or really rotate their trunk really fast in one direction or the other to try to get a pop, or you see people, you know, picking themselves up and doing, like, a bear hug to try to get those pops. It's kind of like Russian roulette. You could be putting things that were out of place in place, but it's very likely that you're taking things that were in place and shoving them out of place, for that matter.
0: Good to know! (laughs) (laughs) I know that every... Uh, every type of career that you have can have a certain impact on you. So I know, like, that other people won't think of. So sometimes, like, as a teacher, and I love teaching, it takes a certain energy that, like, people just don't even notice outside of physical energy. Um, I've heard massage therapists, they take on sometimes the emotions of their clients, and they can't, you know, give too many massages in a day. What is it for a chiropractor?
1: Chiropractic, uh... Any type of healer, whether you're talking about a chiropractor, a massage therapist, a Reiki master, super, super important for those health practitioners to not absorb the negative energy of who they're working on.
0: Like if I'm crying. <laughs> exactly.
1: You, you can cry until the cows come home. I'm, I'm, I, I got to be strong yeah. to reflect that energy rather than absorb it, okay? Because, again, energy... It's is going to you know be the end all be all to each and every one of our lives? You know, I tell people you know what's the difference between a live body and a dead body? You look at them; they're exactly the same. They got all the same organs. What's the difference between the two? Well, one has a life force; one doesn't. That soul, that spirit, has left that one body. It's just a shell. So when we're talking about energy, healing, and chiropractic, and you know, keeping our bodies innate capacity working at its best. So we can be our best physically, chemically, emotionally, spiritually. Part of that healing, and again, not only for a practitioner, but for any individual, you know, you could be talking to your sister or your friend and they're dumping some heavy stuff on you. You're not going to be able to help them if you absorb all of their negativity or or their, their, their crisis.
0: So how do you not absorb it?
1: There's no... It comes down to a state of mind. You know, it, it comes down to... That's one thing that people... A lot of people don't understand is... You know, let's say, for instance, you have the flu. You know, if you tell everybody that you have the flu, most people don't understand energy. So, if you tell 10 people that you have the flu, at least 9 out of 10 people are going to be like, oh, poor Galeet, she has the flu, blah, 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 That is negative energy that they're actually giving to you because it's poor Galeet. You weak crisis being you know what i'm saying there's it's not uplifting okay you may have that one friend who really understands things it's like glee you don't have the flu you're strong you're healthy let's get you motivated let's get you out of that funk okay because mm-hmm. again whether you're talking about flu uh any type of illness cancer you name it that's a, it's a stagnation of your energy that's now formulated into something that they can label okay as mm-hmm. far as western medicine okay I don't care what you're labeled with. It comes down to you have a stagnation within your energy. Your energy fields are not moving. Okay, In chiropractic, we make an adjustment and stimulate that innate intelligence so greatness can emanate. If you're talking about an acupuncturist, they're going to get your chi moving. We all are doing the same thing. It's just different ways of doing it, but it all comes down to moving energy.
0: Do you advise against going to an acupuncturist and a chiropractor within the same week or?
1: No, they're absolutely complimentary as far as that is concerned. Um, so again, it just depends on the individual and what they're going through. But if, if, if you have, you know, great practitioners of, of each, you can utilize and, and intertwine both of them to, to really get some powerful results.
0: That's incredible. There's an inner voice that's like, no, but sometimes I get the flu. But I can see that's a resistance.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Oh, man. And I do remember that one time I was really sick, and I had to fly the next day. Yep. And I came here, and I've done, like, self-talk and everything. It's never worked to get better. Mm-hmm. You adjusted me. You said, eight hours, have chicken soup, you're going to feel better. It's never worked before in the past. When I thought that way, whatever, eight hours later, rest assured I was better. I was on a plane the next day. Boom. So, I mean, you win, you know?
1: That's how you do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do you keep up to date on knowledge?
1: One thing I tell my four kids, one thing I tell my kids is, is when you stop learning, that's when you start dying. Mm. OK, because power, your knowledge and what you what you teach yourself day in and day out is there's nothing more powerful than that. And that is whether it's in your your craft or your art, as far as in my case, chiropractic, or if it's in you know learning how to be a better, better parent for that matter, whatever the situation is constantly, you know, reading as much as I can, you know, whether it's researching on the internet, I go to, you know, a crazy amount of seminars every single year, and how
0: that's
1: oh, average year, you know, a minimum of, you know, probably six, six to eight seminars a, a year. Um, and those could be full on weekend, you know, seminars, not just, you know, several hours at a time. Um, but that's, again, getting exposed to as much information as possible. And so it's not just the neuro- neurology of chiropractic, but it's the biochemistry of nutrition. It's the philosophical you know, aspects of, again, why we do what we do and you know, being the best person you can be so you can help as many people as possible. And again, you know, the, the spirit, spirituality aspect hopefully is in, in enveloped in all of those aspects as it should be.
0: I love it. How do you discern between grounded discoveries in health and fads? It's kind of an extension of the previous question.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a great question because obviously we see a ton of fads. I've been practicing in chiropractic for almost 19 years now, so I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, so many things come in and out as far as, you know, fads are concerned. The bottom line is that we got to get back to basics when we're talking about health, okay? Mm-hmm. Because You listen to the radio, you, you know, watch TV commercials, and you're going to see this drug is the drug of the month, you're going to see, you know, you know, this therapy is the therapy of the month, and they come and they go. What withstands the, you know, test of time is true unorthodox healing, okay? And the difference between, again, fads is you have to understand that part of our innate intelligence and the way our bodies are so perfectly organized is that we're built with the perfect medicine cabinet right inside of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Guess what? There's never been from the medicine cabinet inside of Galit, you've never OD'd, you've never given the wrong prescription at the wrong time and had a side effect, nothing adverse from that medicine cabinet inside of you. So again, no matter what's going on, whether you rolled your ankle during a dance routine and you've got a swollen ankle, your body immediately is going to swell up that ankle, which is basically protecting that joint. It's a a good thing. There's pain because it's going to tell you not to walk on it for a certain period of time. Your body's always going to give you the right signals if you listen to it. If you have the flu, if you have a cold, if you have You name it, you know, diarrhea, whatever it may be, your body's going to administer the right chemicals at the right time in the perfect dosage every single time, and it's never going to let you down. That's polar opposite from what we've all been brought up to believe, meaning that, oh, in order to have this health result, you need to take this potion, you know, pill, potion, or lotion to make things better. There's no such thing as outside-in healing. You can't take a pill and make a physiological change for towards health, you can treat a symptom, but that's not health. When someone has high blood pressure, they have high blood pressure because they're under stress. You can take a pill and manage the symptom of high blood pressure, but the problem is you haven't re- you haven't removed the stress. So that heart is actually working harder and harder on the medication, and it's going to wear out quicker and quicker. And that goes for any medication for any symptom or diagnosis that the person's in. When we can balance out and harmonize our body first and foremost by rebooting that nervous system getting things working the way that it should be through an adjustment that's first and key then we got to follow it up with we got to put the right nutrition that our body is deficient in get that nutrition in and then we've got to any toxins we have in our body shed those toxins so if you do those three things get the nervous system flowing at 100 percent nutritionize the body and put what you need in it and then get rid of what you don't need as far as the toxins that is a perfect storm for ultimate health and again we're not talking about treating symptoms we're actually talking about health because you can treat any symptom with any medication but that's they can never you can't take a chemical and put it into a live bean and actually get a healthy response you can only treat symptoms And that's a very different philosophy as far as treating symptoms versus actually obtaining optimal health.
0: I love it. One of my uh, personal trainer clients once asked me what I thought of waist trimmers. That's a huge trend I've been seeing. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I'm, I'm laughing crazy. because obviously I'm not in... I don't even know what okay, a waist trainer so is, will, to be honest. I
0: will tell you from what I know, I've never put one on. I'm not a fan. Oh, is that the belts? Yeah, it's those, oh, okay. it's those belts and it's women are... wearing sweat
1: excessively in yeah. that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah,
0: and um, women and men are wearing it, but especially women, you're seeing it all over social media, It's to get their waist really small so their hip looks bigger, what are the effects of that, you think?
1: One thing, you know, again I've never worn one personally myself. <laughs> Maybe I need to. Time to experiment. Getting... <laughs> uh, one thing I tell workers mm-hmm. who wear those lumbar support belts, those are good for if you're lifting something overhead just to help kind of stabilize and maintain things. You go to any, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, you see these workers that are wearing these cinched belts for eight, ten hours the entire day. What that's doing, and again I don't know how tight these waist uh trimmer they're probably Devices are really tight. They're probably, I think.
0: I could be wrong. They're
1: probably a, is a equivalent, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're probably made out of like latex or rubber. Who knows? Something that your body doesn't breathe. <laughs> right. So you sweat excessively in that area. But the problem from a neurological standpoint is that the more you cinch things up, essentially, especially in that area, if you take layer upon layer from your skin to your fat to your organs, layer upon layer, as you compress that area of the body... Ultimately, you're putting pressure on the spinal cord. Mm. You have to actually put pressure on the spinal cord. And again, never a good thing when we're compromising the nervous system. So that's going to be one major negative effect. The other thing is, I honestly can't see them working that great as far as, it's, again, it's, it's kind of like you know, target weight loss. There's no such thing. Your body's going to burn and utilize whatever. You can de- overdevelop certain muscles versus other mus- muscles versus what you're you know, stimulating them with. But as far as weight loss itself, it's always a general from head to toe, gradual weight loss. As far as especially when it, when it's done, you know, proper and healthy wise.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a kind of rapid fire round for dancer questions. What's your experience so far with adjusting dancers? Just so the listeners have an idea.
1: Again, dancers are elite athletes, so the amount of stress that you put your bodies through is. is is crazy whether it's the pounding you know of your joints on or head whipping head whipping I mean the, the list goes on and on but the problem is again it creates all that physical stress creates interference to your nervous system and you have what are called proprioceptive nerve pathways and that's a real fancy word for saying that if you were to close your eyes right now, you know exactly where your hand is, Mm -hmm. okay? It's spatial relationship to your nervous system and your brain. So the more nerve interference you have, the less of a connection you have with your appendages and your joints. Meaning that if you have a lot of interference in your nervous system, those those neurons and those pathways neurologically aren't in perfect communication, which makes you more vulnerable to a sprained ankle, a hyperextended knee... You know, subluxation in your neck from a head whip, you name it. Your body, again, has a disconnect because of that nerve interference, and that can set you up for absolute injury, you know, whatever it may be.
0: How long have you been adjusting dancers for about you're in Dancer Central? <laughs> I mean Dancer
1: Central, obviously, so literally since day one as far as going on 19 years of practice. Okay. You've dancers, choreographers, you name it, and they all come in with the same challenges because again, you guys put your bodies through the ringer when it comes to performance. And the other thing is, often just like most athletes, it may not your body may not get enough rest in between you know, such a demanding, you know, performance that's night after night, day after day, as far as whether it's training, performing, whatever it may be, again, we can't just keep driving that car, going, 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 at some point, you got to pull off to the side, fill up the tank, you know, give, give the engine a little break, and then you can continue on that pathway. If we don't get, give, give our bodies ample time, as far as replenishment wise, that's again, another setup for, you know, a, a brutal injury.
0: mm mm-hmm. What are your recommendations for a rest regimen? I know it's not one size fits all, but
1: yeah. And again, when anytime you're talking about athletes and dancers, there is you know, there's no cookie cutter approach as far as that's concerned. There's just got to be conscientious rest involved. So uh, you know, in a perfect world, you could you know, you know, train you know three days on and have a day off, and then train three days and have a day off. That would be an ideal situation where you're stimulating your body to, you know, such limits, but then you got a good, again, it's no different than if you were at the gym, you're not going to work out the same body part two days in a row because the way that that muscle grows is from the actual time off. But when you're in a dance situation, you're using the same muscles to different extents during different moves and, and dances and whatever you may be doing. Um, but again, if you're dancing, you know, even five, six, seven days a week, it's, there's, there's no, there's no t- downtime. So you got to, you know, anywhere you can see fit in your schedule in between, you know, on a travel day, this, that, and the other, there's got to be some time where you can actually implement and l- literally look at that rest As part of your training, not just like oh, I'm taking a day off or I'm feeling lazy or this and that. No, you need the rest in order to replenish so that you can continue to be your best. Otherwise, you're gonna again, you know, fall harm to injury.
0: And what does rest mean? Because we're this stubborn about it. Yeah, absolutely. The sitting down. Does it mean
1: absolutely? And so, when I'm talking about rest in specificity to dancers, literally not dancing that day or or for a 12 hour period or whatever it may be not stimulating those same muscles the way you normally do with every dance routine you can still you know go you know exercise as far as but do something completely different as far as swim you know hike you know things of that do some yoga you know things of that nature you can still stimulate your body but rest means something completely different from what you're beating your body up with as far as the same routine you know day in and day out
0: wonderful I have just a few more questions and then I mean, I have like a million questions, for but next <laughs> for next time, part two, Yes. what are your nutritional recommendations for soreness and overall muscle repair?
1: The main thing when we're talking about soreness, soreness is is emanating from inflammation, whether you're talking about in the joint to the ligaments or the tendinous tissue, or if you're talking about in the muscle, you know, belly itself, as far as the muscles themselves, all of its inflammation. So. Mm-hmm. The best, the really the truest, the only way to control inflammation is through diet, rest and diet. okay So diet is first and foremost because you could be an elite dancer and be phenomenal. but if your diet is crap and you're taking in you know lots of sugar and grains and just a bunch of stuff, your body has to have the right fuel to not only have energy, but to replace those cells that are being broken down during your routines. Mm-hmm. So diet is absolutely huge. So an anti-inflammatory diet is essential. And what that means to your listeners is primarily, you know, definitely staying away from grains. Grains and sugar are going to be the, the worst thing that you can put in your body because they're going to be pro-inflammatory. It'd be like dousing a fire with kerosene rather than putting out with, you know, with water. Uh, so you've got to avoid sh- sugar and grains for sure. Eat a... Unlimited source of greens and vegetables, for that matter. Uh, minimal fruit because fruit again is high in sugar, so one two pieces max per day. Because again, you don't want too much fructose, which is going to again be you know a pro-inflammatory factor. Uh, plenty of water. Your body is you know 70% water, so you got to hydrate well and with good water, not you know not filtered tap water or something like that. Go to a good reputable water you know store and get some you know some real you
0: know alkaline water.
1: Alkaline water, you know, I use something called a structured alkaline water, which has a smaller molecule, which is better for athletes and dancers because that molecule is actually smaller, so you absorb it more readily. So you could pound, you know, a liter of water in between, you know, know, dance numbers, and you don't have that kind of sluggish water belly, you know, where it's just sloshing around. Your body actually absorbs it more readily. So that's another key, you know, indicator. And then, of course, you know, certain, you know, Certain diets are going to, you know, collagen is the most abundant protein in your body. So collagen is a huge source of recovery in your body. Uh, I personally drink bone broth on a daily basis, which is which I make, which is which super is so high good. in collagen.
0: I had some before I came here, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. Good girl. That's
1: because you're a super dancer. Um, but the collagen is going to help to basically recharge, again, every structure within your body, whether you're talking about the muscle... In your, you know, in your your you know, gastroc muscles. Or if you're talking about the meniscus in your knees, as far as percussion, cushion, it's all helping to replenish all those connective soft tissues.
0: I love it. What are your thoughts on when to use ice and when to use heat? I know we talked about it.
1: Always use talk? ice, and use heat to cook your food. <laughs> okay. Heat is never. It feels great while it's on as far as, you know, whatever injury you may have, heat always feels good while it's on because when you have the heat on, let's say you have... And the other thing is, unfortunately, most people, when they do use heat, it's usually some type of dry heating pad. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that dry heating source is actually sucking out the moisture. Let's say you have a sore low back or neck. It's actually depleting the moisture from the muscles into that heating pack, it's dehydrating your muscles. So it feels good while while it's on, but you're actually making those muscles more delicate and more fragile. Um, The other thing is when the heat's on, it feels so good because it's opening up the blood vessels. So you have a ton of blood going into that injured area. But the thing is, your body has a neurological reflex that says, holy smokes, why are we sending so much blood into that area? So your body, as soon as you remove the heat, your body's like, okay, let's shut the valves down. So now your body collapses those blood vessels into that area for up to 48 hours. So now for up to two days, you have minimal exchange of nutrition into that strained or stressed area where ice is going to do the exact opposite. Ice, when it's on, is an anti-inflammatory. It's going to, it's going to constrict the blood vessels and, and reduce the inflammation. But as soon as you remove the ice, your body's like, whoa, we need blood in that area. So it turns those valves on for, again, up to 48 hours. You have full perfusion of those tissues with oxygenated blood to help start that repair process of that, whatever that strain or you know, you know, that injury is.
0: Does this mean no hot yoga?
1: Hot yoga... No, because again, that's that's a hot environment, which is different from applied heat.
0: Okay, okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> we have to do a part two.
1: I'll do a part but, four. I'll oh just keep going, God. yeah.
0: I want to acknowledge you so much for um, taking the time, your energy, your expertise in this busy day, and also all of the care that you really put into this practice it's not a business it's a practice Absolutely. I, I'm just really excited to continue my adjustments and for all the information you have to share and really who you are in the world and I have to ask you my one last question that I yes. ask every guest what do you want to be remembered for
1: holy smokes <laughs> that's a big one you <laughs> I know you completely blindsided me with that I know um, I know always being my best and reaching out to help as many people in my community as possible
0: and you are that. And I'll put in the blurb and everything how people can find you. Awesome. Because I know we're running. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcasts at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K.